coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. What What's so important? What's so big about the prefrontal cortex? Oh, that's the CEO of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's in the front. It's the CEO of your brain. That's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah, I always kind of say like, you know, what is what what differentiates us from um from our primate predecessors like you know as the brain evolved over the centuries uh the one major difference the human beings have that compared to the primate is the development of these prefrontal cortex that can think uh above and beyond the uh general brain function the automatic brain function you know Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then (laughs) we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We We like like to have fun, fun too. So let's Let's get get on on with the show. Hi, Rosina. How are you doing? I am happy and grateful. (laughs) Where are you coming to us from? Uh, I'm located near Seattle, Washington. Oh, yes. I used to, I love Seattle. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. Great coffee. Yes, <laughs> we are the <clears throat> we are the place where Starbucks started. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, great. And so you're in Washington State. I'm here in New Zealand, and mm-hmm. we are experiencing different seasons. You're going into your autumn, and I'm going into my spring. I love autumn. It's so beautiful. I think both seasons are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They they really are. They really are. Well, do you mind if I introduce you to our listeners and we'll take it from there? Go ahead. Great. Hi, everyone. It's me, Dr. Isabel, and welcome to the MD and Chef team. I'm your host today. Our chef, Chef Michael, is not here with us this time, but I get to interview the lovely Dr. Rosina Lakini from Washington State in America. I'll just tell you a little bit about her story, and then she's going to share with her with us your her story so that we can learn from it and grow and just become a better us, right? Because it's all about becoming a better version of ourselves. So thank you for joining us. Dr. Rosina helps compassionate high achievers achieve more, make and make a bigger impact and income, and income without stress-induced burnout. And without quitting their careers. I love that, Dr. Rosina. Is it okay if I call you Rosina? Yeah, good. Okay, great. Drawing from her personal experience of overcoming physician burnout, Dr. Rosina aims to share practical mind training tools to detect, prevent, and manage burnout using evidence-based natural methods. She is a medical doctor who specializes in psychiatry. 
She is an executive coach, a corporate speaker, and a best-selling author. She is also a podcast host of Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina, and she is affiliated with the American Institute of Stress and has been invited to speak at several conferences. Welcome. Thank you. It's a privilege. What, what a great topic, burnout. How many of us have had burnout, right? Yes. And it kind of really hurts my heart when it doesn't get taken care of uh, in the early stages. Um, then it leads to so much loss, um, not just, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times when it's not uh, taken care of, people lose their careers for which they have worked so hard for. Yes. Uh, but then they develop like, you know, more more severe mental and physical illnesses. And so if we can prevent that from happening, we can save so many people a lot of unnecessary suffering. Yes, catching it, like we say in, in functional medicine, catching it upstream before you hit the downstream. And the downstream is burnout, depression, and just saying bye-bye to the career. Can you tell us a little bit about why you became so passionate about preventing burnout from your personal experience? Right. I think it's a combination of both personal experience and professional experience. So I've been a psychiatrist specializing in treatment of treatment-resistant depression. So Mm -hmm. people come to me after like, you know, suffering for many years, like, you know, first they don't get the treatment and it keeps on building up and then it becomes clinical depression. And then they try to get some psychotherapy or some medications. And when the depression does not respond to even that, that's when they come to see me because I do um, TMS and Spravado, which are the newer treatments for treatment resistant depression. So when I see these patients, I it, it really hurts my heart because a lot of them, could have been prevented to reach that point if they got the right treatment at right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my personal story comes in because I know I was uh, like everybody else, kind of go, 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 and you know, focused on career building and taking care of the family and taking care of the business and everything was going okay. And um for for me, it was going okay because that was kind of norm. You know, the stress has become <laughs> part of the norm, right? Yeah. And so no matter, like, you know, if you're running from, like, you know, trying to run run the business and uh, keeping take, you're keeping your professional demands on and taking care of the patients and taking care of the family, and it was kind of all building up. And me being a psychiatrist, I should have known better but did not, did not catch all those small, small signs that were coming up. When you start kind of becoming a little more irritable, you start becoming a little more absent-minded, you know, you're kind of running like a chicken with the head cut off, right? And so um, it so happened that um, I was doing that. We had just recently moved our offices. There were like new protocols and everything was going on. And one time I was driving back from work and. zoned out while driving, got into a car accident, Mm. broke my right hand. Mm. And talk about the stress that led to that zoning out. Uh, The stress just uh, increased 10 times more when you are not able to do simple things like, you know, 
zipping up your pants or <laughs> um, taking care of like simple things like making phone calls or opening the food jars and stuff like that. So um, so then, you know, life became even much more stressful. And um, I remember the day when I was uh, helped in the shower by a relative and um, um, I was supposed to call them when I was done because I couldn't change after doing the shower. Um, and I, I was done shower. I called them and they could not hear me because they were downstairs and I was upstairs. Mm-hmm. And so I felt that peak of helplessness, like, you know, you, you're done, you can't come out. You're like just, just feeling really, really helpless. So I went back in the shower. I turned on the shower, banging the wall of shower with my left hand. And that's when the epiphany happened. I'm banging the wall of shower with my left hand. What if I would have lost my left hand too? What if I would have lost my eyes or my mind or my life? And I had a five-year-old kid at that time who was in car with me for the whole week before that because he was sick and I was taking him around. That was the first day he went back to the daycare. What Mm. if he was in car with me? So I had this epiphany and I had the change in perspective and after that, um, I'll go into um, the story of I, how I started writing my gratitude journal. But since then, I kind of went on to the journey of self-recovery and improving. And then when I got better three, four years later, I had this calling inside me saying, you know, you were able to apply these tools because you knew them. You are helping other people with those tools. You need to bring those tools from inside the office to outside the office. That's when I started my journey of writing my book and course and podcast and this executive coaching where I want to help people who are in that yellow zone before they reach to the red zone so that they don't have to suffer unnecessarily and um, come out of this uh, burnout phase before it becomes severe depression and uh, um, leads to loss of your career or your uh, other aspects of your life. Wow. I I hear you. I know that space. I'm so glad your son wasn't in the car. And, and uh, did you, did you experience depression? So I was at the brink, um, like I was crying with the pain and difficulty. But as I was telling you that day of epiphany and a change after that, I was crying just when you were in pain, but then I was not crying because of depression. Like, you know, you're in so much pain with uh, with your broken hand and the surgeries and all that stuff that I would cry from time to time because of the pain. Mm-hmm. But then um, I stopped feeling poor me, you know, why me victim phase and, and uh, like, you know, that that depressive phase. So I just kind of reached to that brink and then I was able to pull myself out. So that's why I said, like, you know, bouncing back from the brink of burnout. And um, thank you for that, for clarification, because we don't all have to go into depression, especially when we have the epiphany, especially when we wake up going, wait a minute, I'm going to learn something from this, which you did, and I'm going to get better, and I'm going to help others. Later on, you were able to realize, I'm going to go and help others. Right, yeah. Yeah, at that time, I couldn't think about I'm going to help others. At that time, it was just like barely surviving, getting out of... Because, like, you know, you put so much 
so much learning. Like, you know, when you're going through the medical school and residency and, you know, you're establishing your career, you have put so much of your heart and soul in your career. You don't want to lose that ability. You know, I I understand, Rosina. I You know, we don't become doctors just like overnight. This is a long, painful journey. At least it was for me. I mean, medical training is only the fit survive medical training. Am, am I kind of close on that? Yeah, I had I had some friends drop out in the final year of medical school because they couldn't take it. I have had so many friends who left the field of medicine because it was just too much to handle. And so, yeah, I kind of feel really bad when when all that all that training, all that uh, work that goes into preparing a physician uh, mm-hmm. or any health professional. Um, and then it comes to uh, if the stress is not managed properly and they lose that ability, they lose that passion for that field for which they have put so much effort into it. Because we definitely aren't taught how to deal with our own stress. Correct. Correct. We're taught to just push it down and just keep pressing on, right? Head down, head down, bum up. And it's like, I see that now that is even happening in in, uh, my kid's life, even in the, like, you know, high school and, uh, you know, college and medical school is like, you know, the top, (laughs) tops everything, I think, (laughs) the amount of stress. But I think it has kind of trickle down to even school level now that, you know, little kids are are feeling so much stress from school. Yes, yes. Can you tell us how, what kind of examples, what, what kind of tools, what did you do to get yourself out of that hole? Well, um, if, uh, if you were to ask me, my first tool that helped me was my gratitude journal. So um, I shared the, the the story I told you about the epiphany. And yeah. then I, that after that, um, you know, I was positive for a few days, but it was kind of dwindling down. And one day I was uh, trying to sleep. And you see, I'm a right-sided sleeper. And I couldn't sleep because I had all these nails around my right hand. Mm. And so I was sitting in the bed and um, <clears throat> and I couldn't sleep. My friend had given me a diary. So that was the first day when I pulled the diary with my left hand and started writing with my left hand. Mm. And what was it about writing in the diary and the gratitude? What what happened? So, as I said, like, you know, before I was in that victim phase in terms of why me and this is like, you know, the worst possible thing that could happen in the, in life. Right. And um when I picked up that diary, I wrote, I'm grateful for my left hand. So like it was a crooked handwriting. No, I never wrote with my left hand. I'm predominantly right-handed person. So so it was very crooked, my writing. But I wrote those simple words. I'm grateful for left hand, my eyes, because I was able to see across from the window, um, husband sleeping on my side. Uh, the mm. pillow to rest my hand and ability to endure this pain. And I knew the power of gratitude practice. I just, you know how when you're busy, you just keep on saying that I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. So it later doesn't come. But for me, that later came after that uh, accident. 
And then from that day on till now, my day doesn't start without the gratitude journal. And what it does is it helps me ground myself. When things are, you know, people tell me that, you know, I'm a grateful person. I always, uh, you know, express gratitude. And that's great. And what happens is when things are going in the right direction, it's easier to feel gratitude. When things are not going according to your desire, it is hard to feel the gratitude. Well, if you have a habit of putting that pen on the paper saying, I'm grateful for, then, you know, the uh, the smaller things around you that you take for granted, which you don't realize until you lose them. Like I never realized how important my right hand was until I lost it, right? So we, we take it for granted. So then when I write down, I'm grateful for this life opportunity, uh, my family, my friends, my the food, the freedom, uh, my health, happiness, harmony, uh, peace, prosperity, profession. Um, all, and then I end with and many un, um, uncountable blessings. So I write down M-U-B, <laughs> many uncountable blessings. So, so my first statement in my journal is like that I'm grateful for and all these things I would write and then I would end with uh, MUB and what that did was in those times when I had hardship and those times when I had pain um, I was able to pull myself out shift a little bit you know people think that you know you have to go from A to Z like you know a treatment or a strategy should take you from point A to point Z that doesn't work you know, you have to take go from point A to point B to point C to point D. You have to start taking one small step at a time. So, so gratitude journal was my first step that allowed me to start shifting my negative thinking to to more more positive, more more uh, neutral. <laughs> I would even not call positive, but neutral started coming to that point. Um, then I um, also Be- kind before of- excuse me, I hate to interrupt, sure. but I just want to ask you. Can you can you share with us what happens when we start being grateful? What happens to our heart and our mind and all the stuff that you know that it does? Right. So so there's a lot of research going on right now on this topic. And so um yeah, the University in California, um, they have um this whole project where they did uh, a study with uh, with college students where um, the one group was asked to write gratitude letters um, once a week. They were just doing once a week and other group was like treatment as usual. And um, 12 weeks later, they found that there was um, the difference in uh, even the brain structure. There's a little modification happening in the uh, medial uh, uh, prefrontal cortex. And so there's a structural change start happening also. But more than that, you see, when you when you start focusing on what you appreciate in life, then all this feeling of, you know, um, negativity starts kind of getting neutralized. Plus, if you are doing gratitude to somebody, then it improves your relationship. Hmm. It's... Um, it it produces positive um, neurotransmitters in your brain because, you know, you're thinking about kindness, you're thinking about uh, uh, looking at the simple, simple things in life 
And once you start appreciating that, you feel your life is full. You know, <laughs> you feel enough. You don't feel empty. You don't feel deficit. You don't. Uh, you don't feel uh, absence of things. You start feeling more presence of things. And when you are in that positive state, then your decisions are better. Then your uh, communication is better. Um, then uh, inner peace, that satisfaction. Yes. Mm. Yes. And for the listeners, the prefrontal cortex. What what's so important? Or what's so big about the prefrontal cortex? Oh, that's the CEO <laughs> of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's in the front. It's the CEO of your brain. That's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah, I always kind of say like you know what is what what differentiates us from um, from our primate predecessors? Like you know, as the brain evolved over the centuries. Uh, the one major difference the human beings have that compared to the primate is the development of these prefrontal cortex that can think uh, above and beyond the uh, general brain function, the automatic brain function. You know, um, some uh, impulse comes, uh, animals do those things, but the prefrontal cortex helps us see things, plan things, uh, make those decisions. And so that prefrontal cortex is the CEO that is um, that helps us differentiate from um, our predecessors. Yeah, perfect. Well said. And if the CEO is happy, the rest of the body is happy. Kind of like happy wife, happy life. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. When I do my uh, my podcast, I say that. Mind is the software that runs the hardware of your brain and your body. So, um, so when you take care of your the software, then the whole system works much better. The software is not working; even the best hardware is not able to function. That's right. That's absolutely right. And how many people don't control their thinking? You know, don't control what they're focusing on. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have full control on your thoughts because thoughts are thoughts, but you can rise above those thoughts and become the observer of those thoughts. And you have that, uh, the more you develop that part of your mind that is the observer, that is the influencer, then you can modify those thoughts and bring them to a different focus. That's why it becomes so important to develop practices like mindfulness and meditation, because it allows your brain to develop that higher, higher level of brain. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of divide that consciousness at like in a three different level. There's like um, subconsciousness, you know, a lot of body functions are happening at the sub subconscious level where your heart is beating automatically, your lungs are breathing, your, you know, uh, things, um, hormones are released at a particular time. So things are happening automatically without your consciousness. Then there's a higher level of consciousness when you are aware of things, right? You you are thinking this way or you're making intentional decision of moving your hand or moving your legs or walking or whatever. But then there's this another higher level of consciousness that becomes your observer that can actually look at how your brain is thinking or your thinking brain is thinking, um, that can observe how your subconscious is working and can make a determination that this is not my choice. My brain is going in the negative side 
and this is not my choice and I can shift it by doing this. And you can actually um, direct your thinking brain to focus on different things by the actions you choose. So let's say if you are if you're feeling really um, down and, and isolative and feeling negative, your higher brain can observe and say, hmm, it seems like I am feeling lonely and I'm feeling isolated. Uh, what can I do? And so that higher brain can say, hmm, you know, going out for a walk would help uplift your mood. And then it kind of directs the the conscious brain to, okay, well, change the clothes and wear the shoes and go out and enjoy and stuff. So sometimes we we don't realize that we have these different levels of um, mm-hmm. mind that kind of allows us to be able to observe and guide even if the lower brain is thinking um, negatively. Well said. Well said. We we do have an observer, kind of like um, at the airport, at the airport control station. You know, you've got the observer looking around, going, "Okay, this plane's coming in, or this thought's just coming in. Am I going to land it, or, or am I going to take it? You know, have it go out and away. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say when you said um, we we are in control of, you know, how are we going to respond to this? Oh, maybe I am lonely. Okay, I am going to go out for a walk. Or what a lot of people do is they don't realize that they've got an observer and that they can question those thoughts. Instead, they try and avoid that pain by escaping, you know, because we all have like Dr. Gabor Mate has talked about, you know, there's trauma. I love that man. I've just found out about him. I'm like, wow, (laughs) what an easy equation. Trauma leads to pain, leads to escape. And we all like escape. Nobody wants to be lonely. And for you to let everybody know, hey, you've got an observer and the observer can question, what are we going to do? Instead of allowing the escape modality to come in and we escape by drinking so we don't feel the pain of loneliness or eating or pornography, or gambling, or self-harm, you know, all the, or being super busy, which I think a lot of professionals do. Yeah. Yeah. We escape the pain by being busy. So thank you for that. Thanks for sharing that you can, the observers there use the observer, which is your higher brain. Yeah. Like a lot of times people think that you are what you think. But thinking is just one aspect of you. You are not what you think. You are that uh, that whole person that has that higher brain, that has the thinking brain, that has the lower brain, that has a body, that has a social circle. So you are, uh, that has a profession. So one aspect doesn't define you. Your profession doesn't define you completely. Um, or your family structure doesn't define you completely. And your thoughts don't define you completely. You are a whole person and thinking brain is just one part of you. And it, you don't need to give it full control because if you give it full control, then it would run havoc. So you do want to have a tempered and and manageable pat that you put on a leash. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I always say you're the boss of your brain. Your brain's not the boss of you. You are mm-hmm. the boss of your brain. And when you just shared with us that we've got the observer, the higher, the higher brain, that's the boss, mm-hmm. you know, and, and use the boss to question, is this a lie or is this a truth? If right. it's a lie, kick it out. I'm not going to listen to that. Yes. And if it's a truth, well, then you know, deal with the truth. You know, are you being nasty? Do you, were you nasty to your husband this morning when he made you a cup of coffee? Did you say something? Well, then, you know, be nice. Go back and say, I'm sorry. You know, so your boss, you're the boss of your brain. Your brain is not the boss of you. Do you know how long that took me to learn? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, better late than never, right? Yes, yes. And it is kind of hard for, you know, a uh, um, uh, left brain society because we, we focus on, okay, we can we can understand things that we could see. So it's kind of really hard to understand that these there are these levels of understanding level of the consciousness. And so sometimes people kind of get into, oh, that is like, you know, woo-woo science or um, you know, too much into spirituality, and and I think I think spirituality has its role because it kind of gives us this uh, tools for understanding. But even for people who are not spiritual or not religious, um, when they when they start observing, they realize that yes, they do have that power of observation that is them, like you know, that is their uh, inner self. And so whether you call it inner self or you call it your spirit or you call it whatever soul, um, but there is this higher self that does help you gear your life in certain direction. And that can kind of um, uh, also observe that, hey, you know, you were feeling pain, you started drinking. Now this drinking is causing more trouble than the previous pain for which you started drinking. (laughs) You have the choice to let it go and say sorry that is not working for me um and so yeah like you said that a lot of times people people run away from the pain and it's like it's like the more you run away the bigger it becomes um it's you know sometimes i use this analogy of you know when the little kids are um uh, are scared of monsters and stuff so so they keep you know they they see a monster and they try to run away and the more they run away the more the monster scares them then the kid grows up a little and then says okay i'm going to face my monster and it turns around and faces the monster you know what happens initially the monster becomes bigger tries to scare the kid but then when the kid stays then what happens to the monster it melts away and so that happens with all the monsters in our lives too that the more we run away from our pain or whatever we are facing by distracting ourselves with um, these uh, negative uh, coping, I call them negative coping techniques, um, the pain keeps on becoming bigger and bigger until you turn around and you face it and then the pain melts away. I love that. That was really beautiful. Yeah. Ah, why don't we learn this stuff in medical training, huh? <laughs> well, I think the more is coming as people yes. are realizing um, 
yeah and then uh, people like you and me we are doing our job to bring it to general awareness so people don't have to like i said suffer unnecessarily because yeah. this is all the suffering that could be prevented and to realize how much power we have inside of us to help heal ourselves you know yes. we've got to, and so i love the work that you're doing can you share with us an example of a person you helped and what kind of problems they went through before applying the tools that you use? Somebody that just kind of like really like, oh my gosh, they really came a long way. Yeah. I, um, one example comes to my mind. It was, um, <clears throat> she, was a, she was a friend of mine. Um, she's a director, finance director of a, a large organization. And so it started like, you know, I was saying that, oh, I'm going to be working on this book. And she said, "Uh, Rosina, I can really use it. (laughs) And she said, like, my stress has gone up so much. Like, I'm having itching on my skin. Like, you know, I'm having skin trouble. And I said, what's happening? And we talked a little bit. And so she told me, like, she has um, hour, hour and a half commute one way to work. Wow. working really, really hard. Um, And... uh, She's like very compassionate, like, you know, what we call it servant leader. She wants to really serve and she wanted to make a difference. And, um, and then she said, like, I don't have time for exercise. I don't have time for, you know, um, anything that used to help me. Like she used to um, do art and she used to um, exercise. And she said, I don't have time for doing any of those things. And, and I really feel at the brink of burnout. And so we talked about a couple of things. You know, you start with small, small steps and then you move on. And so I taught her a a simple technique uh, I call mindful driving Hmm. because um, she didn't have extra time to sit down for meditation for an hour. But she really needed to calm her brain down. And the most time she was spending was in the car and Every time she was driving, she was like really cursing the traffic and getting stuck and feeling really frustrated. So I taught her the the mindful driving technique. And so she started practicing that. And then um, she told me a few weeks later that, uh, oh, my God, that has helped me so much because now when I um, am stuck in the traffic, I'm actually, you know, enjoying that time and not like you know feeling really really worked up and I tell myself I'll deal with the problem when I when I reach and so when I reach work I'm in more positive mode I'm making better decisions and when I'm at home I'm more present with my family so like that one simple technique that she applied started affecting her work life or her home life Um, and her level of stress started going down um then like you know this next level we were working on in terms of uh doing processing of why she's doing what she's doing and and so she um so we worked on thinking pattern in terms of um because she really wanted to make a difference with her work and and so she felt like you know if she worked really really hard then she would get promotion and then she would be able to make a difference and then she realized she could make a difference right where she was hmm and and just kind of having that shift in thinking that happened with some of the processing we did together um, allowed her to start becoming really powerhouse she was. And she started showing up in that way. She started making a difference in people that she influenced. 
And um, suddenly she had she had much more power, much more balance in her life. She felt more calm. She was able to adjust her schedule so that she created a time for like, you know, starting one day a little later, started doing her exercise and and uh, um, started kind of what she realized was that although she didn't have too much time, she still had time with the family. But even when she was with the family, she was constantly thinking about work. So that time was not a quality time. And so once we decided, okay, this is what, you know, she's going to choose to do. She started kind of really being present with the family. And suddenly her relationships improved markedly because she started enjoying in, in joy in herself. Yes. And the rash. The rash got better. Of course it did because it was, <laughs> it was something was getting under her skin. She didn't probably feel like she was doing enough. You, right. you know, the thinking right. we have that inner critic that we have listening. Oh, I'm not doing enough. I got to do more. So it was gets under the skin. Good. I love that. I love that. And being present is so important, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Great. Like we let, we let life pass by when we are not present. It just happens. Like, and, and and don't take that I'm a saint. <laughs> I go through that. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's a beautiful lake on on the way to my work. So like I drive drive past that lake every day when I'm going to work. And so every now and then when I'm kind of in in that mode, I kind of leave home half an hour early, and then I stop at the lake and I do a walk. And it is the most relaxing and beautiful activity that I do. Now, last time I went for the walk, the the water lilies were coming out. Mm. And I said, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. I love that uh, time of the season. And I'm going to come back when all the water lilies are up. Guess what? I just went and all the water lilies came and went. And so, like, you know, life passes if you don't give attention. So, yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, I would recommend to our listeners today that if there's some some activity that gives you joy, don't say, keep on saying, I will do it later. Do it at the first possible uh, opportunity. Like I had I had one uh, one friend who would like you know she's going to all these like you know houses getting remodeled and they are moving and doing this and doing that and she's like really getting worked up and her stress level was really going off and I said what are you doing to help yourself calm down this stress and she said who has time to do that like you know I will do it after this is over I said like after this is over there would be something else and then after that there would be something else and then we keep on dealing things to take care of ourselves. And then we reach to those points where there is point of no return. And so the best time, the best time to start calming down your brain and your body is right now mm-hmm. in this moment, mm-hmm. just talking. Um, and sometimes I joke about it. I am teaching these tools so that my brain can hear and I can also practice <laughs> I know. I'm really, I, when I do my stuff, I'm really talking to myself too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's about listen to this. 
<laughs> this is good advice. Great. Well, um, I lo- I've had a wonderful time talking to you, Rosina. Thank you so much. To be- you've given us a couple of ideas, you know, some action steps. Can you kind of summarize three action steps that the listeners can take home today and start implementing? I know one's going to be the gratitude, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's a great that is one. It's such a powerful part of my life. Um, the other one is um, uh, start in this moment. Don't say, I will take care of it tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. And you may not be able to like, you know, implement huge thing in right this moment because you may be driving and listening to this podcast or doing some other things while you're listening. But this is the moment when you make a decision about being present in whatever you are doing. So if you are driving, drive with the full presence of mind. Enjoy your ability, not just for that driving. You know, how many things have to go right for you to be able to do that? And not only just like, you know, your eyes are working, your hands are working, your brain is working, your car is working. (laughs) You have the money for the car. You have the money for the gas. You have, you know, so many things have to go right for that one simple thing to happen. So in this moment, wherever you are, start being present in that moment. I just, I want to underline, you're not saying enjoy E-N-J-O-Y. You're saying enjoy, I-N joy in like dive in and be with the joy yes good yeah it's like dual meaning of that word so stay in the moment even if it is painful stay with it because unless you accept where you are you cannot go where you want to go so that would be my first step wherever you are make a commitment make a decision to be present in each moment. So that would be my point one. Point two, start appreciating simple things in life. I do a gratitude journal. If that works for you, great. Start a gratitude practice. Some people, it is hard. They are not ready. They don't like writing. Do anything that works for you. But at least this one minute in this 24 hours, Take that one minute to appreciate things in your life. Okay, so that would be my tip number two. Uh, tip number three is um, do allow your higher brain to observe what you are doing because sometimes things are coming to you that are not in your control, but how you respond to them is in your control. And your higher brain can allow you to see how you are reacting to certain things. And if it is helping and not helping, and if it is helping, then do it. And if it is not, then change it. That's helped me right there. That third one, that higher brain part. Are you going to react or are you going to respond? How are you going to do it? Yeah. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you for your journey and just being transparent and sharing it with others because, you know, being vulnerable is so powerful. You all are human beings. We all do mistakes. Yeah. We all do get through ups and downs in life. Life is like a long journey with the twisted and twists and turns. Um, 
we we have the choice of either cursing through the <laughs> cursing through each curve or, or enjoying and make the best out of whatever we are given yeah and i choose to enjoy and i'll try my best really to enjoy cuz you know yeah it's a practice right yes yes it's it a is. practice where can people find you rosina well, they can reach uh, my website, uh, drrosina.com. So D-R-R-O-Z-I-N-A.com. I just recently put a new um, uh, ebook on um, uh, Achieve More Without Burnout. So you can download from the website. And um, I'm going to be doing um, a free training next month. So like, you know, the dates keep changing. So check out the next live training date um, where you can come and learn some of these tools in a little more detail um, and uh, and more programs are coming uh, next year where we would do more intensive um, coaching about recognizing your body's reaction, how your adrenals get fatigued when you are constantly under stress, how to reverse it. And so a lot more natural, evidence-based ways to help you reverse the effect of burnout on your body and then become the best self um, and achieve and make the impact you you are meant to make in this life. Yes, absolutely. And all of that will be in the show notes, everybody. So it's okay if you didn't catch it the first time, it'll be in pay on in writing so you can see it visually. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I just want to emphasize the evidence base. There is so much research. I have doctors ask me, will tell me, oh, but there's no research. And I go, do you read, have you read any good books lately, like of the latest research? So there's plenty of research out there, right, Rosina? Yes, yes. And I'm so glad that I'm, um, I just kind of have been studying more and more on the integrative psychiatry side, the functional psychiatry side and learning yes. all these new tools that I could bring to my clients and my patients and to myself, you know. We, oh, yeah. We, we all have to apply these tools to our own life to be able to continue to do the good work that we are trying to do hmm. without burnout and without losing our, our passion for our profession. Yeah. And peace, not to lose our peace. I guard my peace with, I definitely have learned to guard my peace. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And um, I'm sure we'll have you back so we can hear more about your techniques and because you're just lovely and you're a light in this world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege. And if even <laughs> one person's life gets better with what we shared, um, I'd be closer to the purpose of my life. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for joining Rosina and I. Please know that you got the power to change your life. Rosina's just showed us what we can do and how much in control. We've got that higher self that's guiding us, that's teaching us. Depending on what your spirituality practices are, we all have that higher power inside of us, teaching us, showing us the way. Make sure you use it because it's going to benefit you. And until our next episode, remain unstoppable. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for your time. Love you. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.